The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting to one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were tearing They signaled to their partners to the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seize him and all those with him. And likewise, James, John, and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Uh, praise the Lord. Did I hear correctly? It's your birthday, Therese? It was not too long ago. How old are you? 87. Huh? 67. Liar. Well, we better have a fire extinguisher ready huh, for all those candles on that cake. Huh? Don't worry, we have fire department volunteers here, so we'll be okay. Uh, just a word of thank you for... Uh, all of you who, who, who manned the prayer out, uh, 24 hours, remember, every first, uh, first Sunday we have a 24-hour adoration leading up to this. And especially thank you for all those who had those hard times to fill, you know, the 12 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. So, so thank you for all of you who, who did that, who stood vigil before the Lord in prayer because they prayed for the whole world. Huh? So again, thank you for all of you who did that. I'm a coward. I take the 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. slot. I'm like, ah, it's perfect. You know, I can still take a nap. So, so praise the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't think you have already, but uh, yeah, you don't have your bulletins yet. But make sure when you leave, because I was, I was kind of late from, from Portola. But uh, grab a bulletin as you leave. When you see us, I want to kind of explain the photo on from the bulletin. It's a, it's a picture of yours truly. And so it's a picture of my family, my, my mom here, my, my dad. And, and so this is where I get my good looks from, from my mom. So, right here. My beautiful mom. And so it's a, it's a picture. And as you'll see, when you, when, you, when you grab a bullet in the story below, it explains it. But beneath my smile here in this photo, 
I'm absolutely terrified. Absolutely shaking in my boots. I am cowering in fear. Because this, is, this photo was taken on October 7th, 2010. I was 30 years old. I had just made my promises. I was ordained a deacon. And I had just made my promises a couple hours before this photo was taken in Vatican City. Remember, as I mentioned before, I was privileged to study in Rome at the North American College, which is the largest seminary in Rome of, of a country. The United States has the largest seminary in Rome. Uh, on average, about 200 of us there. And so when we're ordained deacons, we had the great privilege of being ordained in the Basilica, the Grand Basilica of St. Peter's, which is the largest church, the most, probably the most magnificent, one of the most magnificent buildings ever created by man. Absolutely stunning. It, it is a monument of the brilliance of the Renaissance architects and artists. Bernini, Michelangelo, just to kind of name a few of the big wigs of the Renaissance era who helped design and build that church. And so on the path to priesthood, the diaconate is actually the most significant. It's the last stage before we ordained priests. And it is here where we make our promises of obedience, prayer. That's why you ever see me, I'm always walking around with a black book oftentimes. As priests, we promise for every day for the rest of our lives until we die to pray the liturgy of the hours five times a day. So we're always, the theory behind it is we're always praying throughout the day, always, for all of you. And then also the third promise, which is always the hardest, is of celibacy. And so in this photo, as, as, I'm, as I'm sitting there, I'm absolutely tired. It's a few hours after the ordination in Vatican City. And what's, what's running through my head in this photo is, what did I just do? Did I really just promise these things? I'm going to fail. I'm going to be too weak. I can't do this. They're going to know I'm a fraud. All of them. I'm going to utterly fall on my face. So behind my little smiling face, that's running through my mind, huh? Eight years before this photo was taken, I'm on the other side of the world. As you've shared before, I was a junior at UC Davis, and I'm standing in front of Hunt Hall waiting for my English class to begin. I was early that day, and it became abundantly clear Jesus was asking me to be one of his priests. And as I was sitting there, my backpack on, waiting for class to begin, and I'm arguing with God, huh? I'm like, what are you talking about? And the same words were just hitting me. You can't do this. You know your past. You know what you've done. You're a sinner. Your faith is too small. Your love is too weak. And so all of these words coming back again said, Lord, I cannot be your priest. They're going to know I'm a fraud. And the tendency at both times when I was a junior at Davis and here, after my ordination the diaconate in Vatican City itself, the same shame comes in. Because look what happens when we encounter God. And it's, all, it's the through line of all of the readings today, by the way. 
Did you notice that the through line from Isaiah to Paul, now does Peter. Peter, we have the gospel. They're on the shores of Galilee and they're fishing. They have caught nothing all night long. And then Jesus all of a sudden appears. This is the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. So he's just starting out here. Peter and Jesus don't quite know each other yet. And Jesus begins to call what would eventually come out to be the, the 12. These are the first ones he called. And Jesus tells the fishermen, throw your nets to the right side of the boat. Peter, exhausted from all night of fishing and catching nothing, says, Master, we've caught nothing all night long, but at your word, I will lay down my net. And we know the story, what happens next. This is an abundance of fish just about to tear their nets. And it was at that moment, Peter recognizes who he's dealing with. He recognizes God's presence. And notice here what happens next. And all of this, what happens to all of us, by the way, when we encounter God. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Peter wants to run away. Does that remind you of another encounter? Do you remember another encounter in sacred scripture where somebody encounters God, they, they, they hear God coming, and the first reaction is to hide? Think back. Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve. This is where shame, this is the origin of our shame, by the way. If you want to know why you and I always feel shame, it's right here in Genesis 3. This, this is the beginning. So Adam and Eve fall. They eat of the fruit. They know they just disobeyed God. And then, I'll quote for you. This is Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. And in the cool of the day, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. Adam and Eve hid. Shame now enters into the world. What is the shame that we all endure? Shame and guilt, we tend to use those words synonymously in, in normal conversation, but there, there's a distinction between guilt and shame. Shame is the awareness of having failed in someone's eyes. Do you hear that? Shame is the awareness of that we have failed in someone's eyes. It's always in relation to somebody else. Shame always exists in relationship. You see, Adam and Eve knew we messed up. We disobeyed God. We ate the fruit. And so when they heard God coming, all of a sudden, what did they do? They recognized, oh no, God's coming. I failed that relationship. And so I must what? Hi, don't look at me. Peter now recognizes, I'm in the presence of God. And whenever we're in the presence of God, what tends to happen is that all of our failings and our sins, when we failed Him, now comes to the fore. And our reaction is, Hi, get away from me. Don't look at me. Because the other part of shame, and we all endure this, the other part of shame 
is that because I failed that relationship with you, that means that something is wrong with me. That I am unlovable. I am unloved, not worthy of it. See, that happened in the very beginning of Adam and Eve with original sin. And has been cascading in every human heart ever since. And we see this beautifully in the story of Cain and Abel. Because remember, Cain and Abel follows directly after original sin. What Cain and Abel, what, what Cain now happens. See, what happens when we feel shame? That I know that I've broken my relationship and I've failed in your eyes. And I'm unlovable. Is that now what begins to happen inside of me is that I think that I have to now earn love. This is where the money, power, honor, pleasure comes in. The substitutes of that relationship with God, which was severed. That if, if I can just do the most perfect job, if I can just get that title, again, notice this, every single one of us, we all do this. If I can just look a certain way, if I can just dress a certain way, if I can just earn enough money, if I can just, if I can just get that house, that car, if I can just become a part of that in-group, if I, can just, if I can just do this, then what's going to happen? Oh, then you'll love me now. But it's just a masking of the shame. That's a spiritual wound. And it cannot be healed by money, power, honor, pleasure. See, this is why the, none of those things could ever touch the human heart. Because it's a spiritual wound. Harkening back to Genesis. We all want to hide. We, all don't, we don't want anybody to touch those deep, shameful errors of our lives because we think that we've, we've now become unlovable by our actions, by our mistakes. Oh, but look what happens next. Jesus is so good. Man, Jesus is so good. He does not care about, our, about what we've done. He does not care. Look what happens next. Peter falls in the at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, get away from me. You know my sins. And he says to Peter, don't be afraid. Even though Jesus is saying this to Peter, he's saying this to Adam and Eve too, who's hiding behind the bush in Genesis. They're, they're still hiding back, back there. Don't be afraid, Adam and Eve. He says that to you and I, all of us who have done horrible things in our lives. You better believe it. We've all done things we're ashamed of. And what is he saying to us? Hey, don't be afraid of that. The most popular phrase, the most numerous phrase ever uttered in sacred scripture, both in the old and the new, guess what it is? It is this phrase, it's phrased in different words, but it's the same meaning. 365 times. Do not be afraid. The most popular phrase in all of sacred scripture. Because we all fear. Jesus now doesn't even address what, what Peter just said to him. He picks him up and he says, Now you, you from this point on, you will be the fisher of men. You had, at this point, Peter had no idea what was in store for him. That he would eventually become 
the leader of the apostles, our first pope. And he left everything behind and followed him. Peter would become a priest and the first Holy Father. And he would now be entrusted with going out into the world and proclaiming the gospel. Be patient with your priests, by the way. Have mercy on me. Because imagine this. Look at the world that, I, that I, I, I've been thrusted upon my shoulders. I'm supposed to convey to you the God of the universe. I'm supposed to make the love of Jesus Christ manifested through how I act, through how I live. I'm supposed to Pass on to you what's been handed down to us from Jesus Christ. And I'm a sinful man. I mess up. I have bad days. I get impatient. If I cut somebody off in the street, which I do every day. And if I'm wearing my collar, I still have to hide my collar when I drive. Because if I cut someone off, what just happened? And someone sees me, I'm a priest. Guess what they say? Christianity just cut me off. They don't see, oh, Brian's having a bad day or I have to get, I'm, I'm, I'm late for an appointment in Reno or whatever, for an appointment. They don't see that. If I'm mean to you, what's going to happen? You're going to blame God. We don't have to rehash the history of the church in the United States the last 20 years, do we? Look what's happened. Do you see the immensity now? Why Paul in the second reading today, do you hear Paul? Oh, Paul, brother Paul. Good man. You hear these words. Fell down the bracket, listen to him. Paul, same thing. Paul is a priest. And he says this. I am born abnormally. And yet he appeared to me. I am the least of the apostles. Not fit to be called an apostle. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. And his grace to me has not been ineffective. You see what Paul is saying here? He says, oh, I'm a sinful man. You better believe it. But I cannot earn God's love. God is one who makes it well. You see, the, the, the healing to the shame that we all endure... It will only be healed in one way, by the way. It won't be healed by hiding it or by taking more drugs or by drinking it, smothering it. It will not be healed by by buying more things or ignoring it. Again, list all all of the, the addictions we use to cope. None of that will heal this. It's only healed in communion. What are we talking about? Communion, relationship. Because again, harking back, what does shame do? Shame tells me that I've hurt a relationship. I've failed in your eyes. Therefore, because I failed in your eyes, something's wrong with me. I am unlovable. Do not love me. I cannot be loved. Something is wrong with me. Jesus now comes to that person. He says, I love you. I call you good. 
You are my son, you are my daughter, reflecting the love of the Holy Father. Only in relationship is the shamed healed. And you and I now, we're called to proclaim this. At the ordination, I'll end here. So for those of you who've been to ordination, so whenever you ordain a deacon and eventually a priest, there's a part of it where you're laying down on a marble floor. And the amazing thing is this gesture is even more profound when you're at St. Peter's. Because when, you're, when, when we were laying on the marble floor in St. Peter's, guess what was just 20 feet below us? The bones of St. Peter himself. And it's not lost on us young men who are laying on that floor. Because all of us, I guarantee, we're all thinking, all right, Peter, we're following the Lord like you did. We're all still sinners. We're all ashamed of our past. Ah, but I will still go. Where the gospel happened was on the shores of Galilee in Israel today. Rome, where Peter died, where our headquarters is, is 2,500 miles away. Peter walked from Galilee, where this gospel happened around the year 30. And he walked all the way over. Now he's an old man. It's the year 70 where he was martyred upside down on a cross. He says to the Roman authorities, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as my Lord. Crucify me upside down. And that's why when he see images of Peter, he's crucified hanging upside down. The Christians took his body, buried him in a shallow grave, which is where St. Peter's Basilica now rests. My brothers and sisters, we no longer have to hide anymore. 